Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance axis deer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems on the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient-dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now. Become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order. You know what my favorite text is? A waypoint in the Onyx Hunt app to a goblin turkey. The list on the Onyx Hunt app features for chasing turkeys is long, but knowing exact public and private boundaries and land ownership details will help you find more places to hunt, whether that's on public or private. I'll be toting the Hunt app through the spring woods in a few states this year, and I recommend you do the same if you want more turkeys on your table. Also, Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onyxmaps.com hunt this spring. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to customers is simple. Gear the way you design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com slash BEARGREASE to learn more. My name is Clay Newcomb, and this is a production of the Bear Grease podcast called the Bear Grease Render, where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast. Presented by FHF Gear, American-made, purpose-built hunting and fishing gear that's designed to be as rugged as the places we explore. So, hey, we're going we're gonna to do it a little different this time. I'm, I'm going to introduce everybody. We'll do it in Spanish. But <laughs> see, we're going to do it in Spanish. Please introduce me in French. We are going to we're going to talk about Donnie Baker first. We're going to go usually, right in. Usually, the sequence of the Bear Grease Render is I introduce people, we chit chat, we small banner. talk, and and then we like fight off the deep desire to talk about the thing we're all here to talk about. But we're not going to do that today. We're going to dive right in. I do have a very, this is a great crew. This, this is an exciting crew to have. Multiple, everybody's all been here, but it's not the standard crew. Um, I've got, to my left, Brent Reeves. And in the building is Waylon, the Wonder Dog. Waylon the Wonder Hound. Named after Waylon Jennings. That's him right Tree there. and Walker. Yes. He just got back from Kansas. He was treeing Kansas Coons. Yeah. Yeah. So Waylon and Brent are here. Dr. Misty Newcomb, so great to have you. Good to be here. Yes. Last, yeah, it's a long story, but you're here. I'm happy I'm here. Yes. Great. <laughs> to, to your, to your left, <laughs> my neighbor, hero, and national pastured poultry icon, Terrell Spencer, also known as Spence, my neighbor. Good to have you, brother. Howdy. Can I um, just help for a second? It's pastured. 
These are not, uh, you know, Spence I get does not it. I get do it mixed spiritual up. ministry to the chickens. They are not pastured. <laughs> they no, are not pastured poultry. <laughs> pastured poultry. You know, I have, uh, I have a former background in pastured poultry media. He does. Chicken feeds the world. Okay. Yeah, okay. We, uh, we made a film years ago. Yeah. About pastured poultry. For APA. Yeah. Yeah. American Pastured Poultry, Poultry Producers, Producers Association. It's a mouthful. Wow. It's a mouthful. Spence is also, at one time, was the national rooster calling champion of the APPPA. Yep. It's recently been, the, the title has been stripped from him, <laughs> given to uh, our was friend Christian steroids. California. Yeah. Just killed <laughs> his first black bear. Yes. That, so. This is a little bit outside the rails of what we're here to talk about today. That's Terrell Spencer. <laughs> To Terrell Spencer's left. Man, it's like stacked. This is like the dream team. This is like 1994, <laughs> Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. All I'm just going to say about the Larry Bird, Akeem Olajuwon. We have Joe Wilson with us. I'm here. Of the, uh, Joe, I've got to introduce you. Like, if you're in this room, like, there's, your life is much bigger than this. But yeah, there's shit. like one thing that's connected to you. Joe Wilson of the World Championship Squirrel Cook-Off. Man, I also live at the Squirrel Dairy. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> you live at the Squirrel Dairy? I, I, we got to talk about Donnie Baker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, got, I got questions. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel Dairy. Mostly about technique. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's coming down the tree. Well, you uh, know what they say about mammalian. You can milk <laughs> anything. Yep. There you go. To your left. My friend, how, how can you follow that up? My yeah. friend, <laughs> James Brandenburg, hello, head of Hola, Arkansas, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Spanish, head of Arkansas BHA, yes, sir. And I'm gonna call you, uh, just for sake of clarity and simplicity, founder of the Black Bear Bonanza, which isn't entirely true, but Not, you, you have a great team around you. We have a great team around you, are us, a for sure. part of the founding I'm of a, the Black Bear. There we go. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, part of the founding for sure. Yeah, no, James. James has uh, he's been on, he was on the old Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. And uh, I like to talk at James. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, James is like a good face, he gives good. James is like a high level corporate exec. Uh, you wouldn't know it by looking at wow, him. James. Uh, wow, James. You wouldn't know. know it by I've looking at this humble man. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, but for real, James is a high-level uh, business exec in the higher-ups of American industry. Industry. Mm-hmm. Captain, captain. captain of industry. Yeah, he'll be in India industry. next week, for yeah. real. Uh, great to have you. Thank you, sir. But I was getting at why I like to talk to James. What I'm learning that's going to be relevant in next week's podcast is how uh, – Oh wow! What a rabbit trail. Yep. People that are Bring really good on. in business are uh, are good listeners. Oh, James is a good some, listener. Some some people are. He's also yeah. a good talker. <laughs> Sometimes he's also a good talker. Uh, and my name's Clay Newcomb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> man. So Donnie Baker, we're gonna we're gonna do the order a little bit different. I wanna. I just wanna jump right into it. Yeah. I almost don't. I don't want to give a spiel. So I'm not. I want to hear your first impressions. My impression is, is I sent Brent Reeves a message the other day telling this was your best work. Mm-hmm. Um, everything leading up to this was fantastic. Great history. Uh, amazing stories. But this story, I think, 
went way deeper than a guy shooting a 204 inch yeah. buck. And I think it gives guidance to all of us in our life because that buck, as we found out in episode two, it was just one little thing mm-hmm. that that led up to the story. And you could substitute that buck for all kinds of problems in your life. Mm. But yeah, I thought it was fantastic. You did a great job. Donnie Baker could be my friend any day. Yeah. That's what's, that's what is, there's so many parts of this that are so interesting to me. And I learned this story in the same way, really, that the listener did. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a story that I grew up with. I didn't know Donnie. I knew very little about his story before I went to his house to interview him. Told him before the podcast, I said, Donnie, I don't know if I can use this or not. It was because I didn't know the whole story. And I, I, I was trying to evaluate what story was kind of sitting in front of me. I knew it was interesting. I'm interested in big deer. I'm interested in, apparently I'm interested in people that break the law. And I honestly, I told him that, I said, Donnie, I, I'm not sure I can use this, but I want to talk to you. And he was like, that's great, Clay. It'd be, I'm glad to tell a story. You do whatever you got to do. If you can use it, use it. If you can't, no problem. But it was pretty obvious as you went along, though. I mean, I'm sure as you were talking to him, what, the, what was the interesting part about what happened to him? Because it, I'm sure as you were talking to him, it was, you know, you can sit and talk to somebody and, and hear a story of them killing a big deer and be like, oh, that's cool. But then as you kind of brought us all along in it and kind of, I mean, what I appreciated about it, to Joe's point, I thought it was your best work that you've done so far. And and you helped us see all the different components of it, like a rope that all kind of braided together to make the story of his life. And they all had to be there to get him where he is today. Yeah. Um, and we lose that a lot of times when we hear stories about this or we just see the headline, man kills, yeah. man poaches giant deer. Yes. Uh, there's way, way, way more to and, it. And see, and that's a good point. And what's interesting, I said it, I didn't say it on the first render. I'll say it on this render. I did less in the interview with Donnie Baker than I ever do with someone i was wondering that if it all fell together hey that was his story that he put together all on his own i mean sometimes you hear someone's story and people are so close to it and an outside eye comes in and you kind of put it together yeah and the person hears it and they're like yeah yeah that's like it's it that's the way it happened but maybe there were some conclusions i don't know there's some there's some things that you kind of weave together donnie baker told that i asked donnie baker honestly one question and that was how where do you think we should start donnie i i intentionally left that in which i usually would have cut it out i intentionally left that in because i asked him that and he started talking and and i i was a part of the conversation like i i I, and you know asked him specifically about you know, just questions like, what were you thinking? Did you, uh, you know, I did ask him questions, but I'm telling you, he started talking and he ended and, and I talked to him for two hours. So you guys heard 
I think 27 minutes of Donnie. These are things on the editorial side that I see. On the first episode, you heard Donnie talk for 27 minutes. The episode was 55 minutes long. So you heard me talk for <laughs> as long as you heard Donnie talk. Um, Story of Misty's life. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good average for Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> On the second episode, we only heard Donnie talk for 22 minutes. So you heard about half of the interview. But that's what made the most sense to me. And even the sequence of it. A lot of times on a story, I have to sequence it. Like maybe they tell something that actually chronologically came at the end. Right. But that needs to be in the beginning right. for it to make sense. It, it sounded like he was loaded up and ready to fire for a while. Yeah. And you become that broadcast that would air it out to like-minded people. And which I think... You did well, but um, he he needed to get it out there. Maybe it was to get it out there once and for all to show people this is who I was, this is who I am, and maybe you don't need to walk down the same road as I walked down. Yeah, which I I think that's how I took it personally. Like he was showing us everybody's got a little outlaw in them, and uh, he used it that day. Found out he didn't want to be an outlaw anymore. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. the second he released that arrow, he knew he knew, and when he said that in the first episode, Clay, that part, and I texted you this, a part about, I'm sure we've all you know shot at a bird on a on a tree limb. Yeah, I mean that was just like, that was just like he had cracked open my head and looked inside and like read my life story yeah, or something. Yeah. You know, I remember, uh, you know the first. I think the first animal that I ever killed as a little kid, you know, shooting a BB gun, I shouldn't have been shooting yeah. in a place I shouldn't have been shooting it and how I felt. And, and it just took me right back to that moment. And I was like, I knew, ex I know exactly how he felt when he let that arrow go. Yeah. He, he, he just had walked up to the edge of something to see if he could do it. Yeah. And just in that split second, temptation overcame him, and the arrow flew, and he instantly, like when Adam took a bite of the apple, yeah, he knew. He knew that there was he, no going back. He knew yeah. there was no going back. Now we're going to have to buy clothes. Yes. <laughs> Dang it. Well, in that, the, the, the analogy of shooting the bird and regretting it immediately probably could be a major literary mechanism in a book mm -hmm. to just describe what all of us have felt, mm -hmm. whether you've actually killed an animal or not, but just that instantaneous regret, even in the act of something that, you know, you can't take back. I, I shot mean, that bird. You shoot that bird. Yep. I remember shooting that bird <laughs> and it was so light that it stayed on the leaf. It's just mm. a little yellow bird. And I remember, mm crying at that bird going in grabbing my mom's uh, gravy spoon <laughs> digging a hole putting that little bird in there and saying i ain't ever gonna shoot a bird again and that lasts about an hour <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's yellow bird <laughs> <laughs> i wow. just i remember when i heard it just like you i knew exactly what shooting that bird meant anybody and a lot of folks could identify with that and it wouldn't maybe it wasn't even killing an animal maybe it was cheating on a test at school and you get home and you make a you make a hundred on it 
and you get home and your mama's so proud of you. And then you realize, you know, I didn't do that right. She ain't yep. proud of me. She's proud of that kid that was sitting beside me that I copied off of, which was me. People, copied, I did that too. People copied off of me in school a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They're in prison now. Spence, what did you think? Just like first impressions. Yeah, I just, I, I felt like it was almost cleansing for him. Like I didn't see it so much he was telling everybody. I felt like more like he was doing it for himself. And mm. I, I've had stuff that I've done that I'm ashamed of. You know, I, I mean, we all have. And I think there's just, you know, I've got a church group. And even just a couple of years ago, going through stuff that had been hidden. Mm. And, I, and I've seen other guys share that. Like, it's just, it's cleansing mm-hmm. to get that, to unburden yourself. But, and it, I don't know. I think it, I, I saw it more as Donnie was doing this for Donnie than he was to like clear his name or anything and and that might be me putting my own stuff on it but yeah that was just initially what I and I just you know I just appreciate when people change you know like and so often people change for the worse and it it's rare to see a grown man just completely change and it wasn't just that it's you know later he talked about his wife having cancer and he talked about you know he was a knucklehead with, mm-hmm. with as a family, he wasn't leading his family. He was horsing around, not taking it serious. But even that, you know, it's like he got popped again in life, and and instead of shrinking back or collapsing in on himself, he kind of rose up, and it's just really admirable to me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I admired him for that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Miss Newcomb. Well, you know, I think it's a it's it's really fascinating to me to see the impact that this story's had on people. And I've wondered yeah. a lot, like, why is this story different? Because I do think that not every story that every poacher tells is going to be this no. endearing. You know, yeah. like, it's not going to have this impact. And I don't think everyone responds this way. And I don't think that everyone, uh, I think that there's, like, all these events in Donnie's life uh, that that kind of shape a person. and And that's what you're... The the Donnie that we're hearing from in this podcast is a different person than the Donnie that that shot the deer. And there's a whole range of things that happened that produced who's talking on this podcast. And so to me, it's kind of fascinating to watch, um, honestly, like the the power of suffering and whether whether that suffering is directly linked to him shooting this deer or not. Like the wife, his wife's that situation. That's not necessarily. That's not it's not like that is an outcome of, of this, what he did with the deer, yeah. but that it produced something in him and that changed his perspective of how he saw that part of his life. And I think that, you know, suffering is a very humbling thing. It, it, and he did suffer from what the deer situation and he did suffer from these other situations. And I think that humility is something that, uh, when you see it in people, you can, you can, you can relinquish a lot of, a lot of guilt, a lot of blame, a lot of, you can like, you can take that away from them. You know, you can. It I, covers I, over some stuff. It does. And I don't know why, but I think it does produce something in people if they, you know, depending, cause some people get bitter when they suffer. Some people get angry yeah. when they suffer, but if you, if you can let it shape you, you know, like a, like a river in a canyon, then it can actually produce something really good. And, mm-hmm. and to me, I think that's the, the, the thing that I see inside of this is that suffering produced something in him that people want. People yeah. find endearing. Yeah. 
it moves people and uh, and you can almost it allows you to look at his life differently than just seeing that that thing mm. that happened. I and was going to try to say the same thing you were, but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. She'll love looking back on these memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. And this is not a joke. Juju Nukem has an Aura frame, and we share photos, and they're incredible. Also, my mother-in-law has one. We have them. They truly are really good, really high quality. The Aura frame is easy to set up. It takes just two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. It also adjusts the display depending on light levels in the room to maintain the true color of your photos. For real, the digital screen is amazing. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame when you use code BEAR, B-E-A-R, BEAR. That's AuraFrames.com. Use code BEAR at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Montana Knife Company was founded by Josh Smith, one of the world's most experienced master bladesmiths. He's been making knives for 30 years. Made in the USA and manufactured locally in Montana. The knives come with a multi-generational warranty and free sharpening. Designed, tested, and built by hunters, MKC is a hunting knife company first and foremost. They have the sharpest knives out of the box and the easiest knives to sharpen. And that is the dadgum truth. You better be careful with them when you get them. They are sharp. MKC is a fast-growing company. They just hired their 55th employee and are looking to hire about 50 more in the next year or so. I've carried a lot of these Montana knives, and the one that I like the most is their Speed Goat, which is a lightweight hunting knife just the right size. MKC knives sell out within minutes of being released. So head over to MontanaKnifeCompany.com. They have new knives for sale every Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So check their website and sign up for their text and email alerts. That is the best way to find out when they have knives available. Use code BEARGREASE10 for 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company, working knives for working people. The old timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrel's ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the south. The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location, allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the Onyx Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this spring. Is there more? 
Well, that's that's all I was I was going to say is just I think okay. that that's what that's the thing that's actually impacting here is well, what the, pro, what that produces. The, the theme of human suffering is something that man since the beginning of time in all cultures, in all literature, in all movies, in all conversations, it's the theme of mankind. Yeah. It's suffering. Like and and it's so ironic because the intent of every morning, every human life, we wake up and we try not to suffer. I mean, we try to do things that are beneficial for our families, that are beneficial for us. We 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 try to avoid suffering. But the ironic thing is, is that suffering is actually the crucible in which character and all the things that actually matter in life yeah. happen. I mean, there's just no way around it. Well, and, it- and, and how we respond to that that difficult and, and suffering could be described is not always like the death of someone really close to you. Suffering is comes in it's scalable at all levels. Scalable to you know It's all relative to what what, what yeah. you're talking about. Exactly. I mean there's really big macro suffering of yeah, like the death of a family member yeah. or 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 you have cancer yourself, down to suffering of, you know, you don't get to go eat out because you're you're saving money and, right. and you're, 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 you're sacrificing for something. And some people could view that as some level of suffering or whatever, but yeah. What, what stood out to you, Brent, about it? this? Like the, if you could, okay, let me, let me say this. Yeah. I have never gotten in one single day and probably never will again. The amount of text messages from grown men, some of them in this room <laughs> who texted me or messaged me, contacted me, Saying that they cried in their truck, about to walk into Lowe's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a little awkward. I was in the in the you know I called you right after. I was in the I was still in the driveway and just listened to it, and I was already getting text messages from other people that don't have your phone number. It's like this is the best one I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So when I when I quit sniveling enough that I can make sense <laughs> and give you a call. It's such a human story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can live on this planet to an adulthood and not be able to identify with hardship and levels of it. If the worst thing that ever happened to that guy was him shooting a 204-inch deer and getting caught. Being fined $114. He would, he would be a happy guy. But that is an insignificant blip it ain't even a ripple in the hardship of life that he had to go through and he you put he put all that stuff in perspective and to me it's it was i was endearing with his navigation of hardship and keeping his eyes focused on his kids because mm-hmm. kids to me are that's what i have fought for for my whole life, my whole career, I was fighting every day to try to take care of a kid that somebody else wasn't taking care of. And that, the focus on that is what really stood out to me. Because he he had, he didn't have every right. No one ever has a, a, the right to be bitter. They have excuse, they have reasons why they're bitter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you have the right to be bitter. I don't think you earn a right to be bitter and hard and cold. But he had every reason mm-hmm. that he could have been that way. But he chose to keep going and fighting through, fighting through it. And I, I still say I still hold to my gun. You know, I'm, I am so for the law enforcement. Yes, that. If you plead not guilty to something and then you get found guilty, they ought to try you again for perjury because obviously you lied. Mm-hmm. I don't think this guy is a poacher. I think he was, he violated the law. I think yeah. he's a violator. Mm-hmm. A poacher to me is somebody that leaves their house with intent to go do it. And I said it on the other render, but that, that just kept coming back to me. And I just don't, I don't see him that way. Yeah. I, I didn't see it that way at all. And that being but, a violator is, makes them human. Yep. Like every one of us in this room is a violator. Everyone that listened to, the, to this podcast is a violator. Yeah. And, and I, you broke I, chicken laws, Spence. I've I've broke a lot of laws. <laughs> <laughs> is there you anything you don't want to talk about? Fifth, you not know, <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Back up. Yeah, it's a. But it, there's. I don't know. It just. And that's the humanity, right? Like I think the stories that touch us on that deep level. It, like some of this reminded me of the book of Job, you, mm-hmm. you know, and you see a guy rise up and it's, it's a, a identifiable, you know, a guy that, you know, you mentioned David and Bathsheba or, or sin crouching at your door. We've mm-hmm. all done that, whether it's a test or whether mm-hmm. it's something in business and as soon as or the bird, whatever, we've all done that. And I, I think what it, it's rare you hear a story that's just so identifiable and it ends up going the right way and I think for me when I heard heard Donnie's story it was the reason it touched me is is because that's how I would like to think I would react right if, yeah I don't feel sorry for myself him. like I, I, ad, I admire him yeah exactly I don't feel sorry for anything that happened to him I sympathize and I empathize with him but I admire how you come through it okay let me I'm gonna paint a picture for you and I want to tell you what you guys would do in this scenario Say there was a national podcast that told the story of a poacher. And this podcast, the intent of everybody that's ever been on it was for the benefit of wildlife, wild places, adherence to the law, and integrity. And actually, a big theme inside of the whole podcast was integrity and character. Yeah. Let's say that guy that had that podcast interviewed a... Um, a man who'd committed an egregious wildlife crime. And at the end of that, everyone felt sympathy for the poacher. How do you justify this? I got you. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready to talk I about this. Do, do you hear what you yeah. said? I mean, yes. like if you were an alien from another planet uh-huh. and you looked in my head and you looked at my life, yeah. like I, I'd never had an outlaw stage. Like I, I've broken the law. I never, I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, uh, he, he didn't know me. And he said, Clay, you're fascinated with poachers. Either you're an old poacher or, <laughs> or you are so not a poacher that you're peering into this realm with like a lot of curiosity. And I don't want to paint myself like a saint, but I mean, I'd never did stuff on purpose illegally ever, even being exposed at a high level to hunting in rural America when everybody around me was. I say that to say, if you looked inside my, an alien could scan my head. 
I'm kind of an alien. Okay, and, and, and why? So, so how can we justify this? Because the only, you know, I've got very little criticism for this. Pub, you know, and, and how much criticism actually reaches you is hard to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Like we just have these platforms that people can communicate. But I ha- I've had some people say you were glamorizing poaching. Mm-hmm. Let me say, I would like to say that was a human story, but for a listener, I think we listen to it as a, as Americans. And as Americans, you've showcased it throughout your entire three seasons or whatever. How that outlaw, the the frontiersman, the guy who's going to take a risk, the chance, all of that, that's a very American thing. I'm sure other countries have those kind of people. But as Americans, we like to see suffering and learn from it. Whether Mm -hmm. it's in sports, the guy that, pushes the extra mile you know you you look at those marathon guys and maybe they're just struggling to get over the line we admire those people that struggle i will be the first one to say i don't believe you find success without suffering Mm -hmm. i think that if you don't suffer as a small business person you're probably not going to have a successful business it's real hard for us to look at people who are born with wealth and think Mm. that they earned something. We want to mm. see them suffer. It, it it gives them some street cred, you know. Yeah. And so as an alien looking down at Clay, my opinion would be that story taught us how to do things right. Mm. Mm-hmm. We, we've listened to his whole spiel. We feel like we know this guy. I don't know what he looks like. When I first heard Donnie Baker, I was thinking of the comedian with the, the com- mullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thought, yeah. Man, Donnie's something else. But uh, <laughs> Wouldn't have been awesome if that was Donnie. <laughs> I think Donnie probably looks like all of us. You know, I think his day-to-day activities are like all of us. Mm-hmm. And we learned that uh, don't be like Donnie in that one instance. But if you can recover from sacrifice like donnie did that's a that's a high prize right there well if i understand the story right if i was listening to all the the legal issues part of it the only thing he did was shoot that deer in in a zone in the wrong spot because it was during deer season he did it with archery legal archery tackle And he had, uh, yeah, yeah, he had a right to hunt on the base, he right? Was, yeah. So it was just one spot. So I mean, that is just one. Well, and then and then illegal falsification of where he killed it, which was big. So there's two major. Un- correct. But as far as the act of what he did of shooting that deer, the only thing he did wrong was in the, he was in the wrong spot. But he knew it. I'm not. I'm just saying, it wasn't like you talk about intent and all that stuff. And he didn't do it at night. He wasn't. With a rifle on top of a building, like right. there's been a said. little mis or a little misunderstanding with some people, and I've heard it enough times that it's worth clarifying. People have heard me say Donnie didn't have intent, and they're like, "Well, yeah, he did. He shot a deer with his bow. He didn't just sling an arrow into the woods and accidentally hit it." It would have been better if I said premeditated right. intent, yeah. mm-hmm. and and I and I said basically I was right. saying intent matters, and uh, yeah, but. There's no, there's no, not even a debate that premeditated intent right. matters with punishment and the 100%. law. Yeah. yeah, murder one, murder, murder two. two. Yeah, we know exactly. this from our 1990s 
rap days, right, Misty? That's right. I thought you were going to say Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Well, Law and yeah. Order, That's boom, boom, right. but also <laughs> following, you know. Probably more Law and Order. Law and Order, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of questions about Clay Newcomb now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not real versed on the gangster rap. <laughs> it explains the two-pack shirt he's wearing right yeah. now. <laughs> murder one, murder two. Clay, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, some of the criticism that was like you're glorifying poaching and law breaking and, and I don't I don't understand that point of view yeah. um, because there was nothing that was glorified about the illegal thing that Donnie did right you know it wasn't like we were saying this is cool exactly um, it I think we were invited as listeners to have empathy for um what he had gone through. We were also invited to put ourselves in his shoes and, and think about times when we had been tempted and how had we reacted. And it could have been, you know, whether you were tempted to poach or tempted to, you know, knock a couple strokes off your score on a certain golf hole or, you know, whatever the case is going to be, right? You're always presented with temptation and you know, the magnitude of the sin, so to speak, or the transgression probably kind of informs how you react and what you do and things like that. But there was nothing glorifying about the conversation at all. And and that's what, you know, I, I think I think anybody who listens, hopefully, to this render and had made the decision not to listen to those two podcasts because it was glorifying poaching. Yeah. I would just, I would just ask them to listen to it from the standpoint of, of trying to learn something about yourself and, and about humanity, almost like you're having a mirror held up to yourself. Cause I think that's Mm -hmm. what you really did with, with these is you kind of held a mirror up to all of us and said, Give yourself a look and and think about what you would do in this situation or remember that time in your life when you were tempted and did you did you live up to what you what you wanted to do? Could you have done better? Are you doing better? I mean that's uh, this is all stuff that I've kind of yeah. taken away from it. So it really that that one piece of of criticism that I saw I think that you're talking about of you know, it was glorifying law breaking. I just, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that was right. I don't want to say too much because tax season's just around the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is if you're behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, now, I think what people would say, well, what, what is, well, there's kind of a philosophy, and it would be clear is that, you know, Nobody knew Donnie Baker's name before this, and now they do. So that would be glorifying a poacher. Um, but the way, you know, I, I got to give credit to my buddy Steve Rinella in some ways, not directly for Donnie Baker. He didn't know anything about it before it happened and whatnot. But but years ago, I remember asking Steve about some controversial stuff, stuff that I've done that actually made the air. And, uh, for instance, in the Warner Glenn deal, I brought up a little bit about the border wall 
We were hunting right on the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were like wa- looking at the border wall. We were finding immigration, illegal, illegal evidence of illegals all over, just strewn over the landscape. And I was like, hey, I shouldn't talk about this, right? And he was like, why not? You talked about it when you were down there hunting, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, it's like all we talked about. And he was like, talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 several other times, I, I, I messaged Renella one time and said, uh, hey, is it okay if I play a clip of uh, of uh, uh, Alabama governor that was the lead racist in the world George for Wallace. a while? George Wallace. George Wallace <laughs> and his infamous speech about segregation forever. Like, I put it in there, and then I was like, holy cow, I'm broadcasting George Wallace's voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally messaged Rennell and said, can I put that on there? And he was like, why wouldn't you? It's it's part of the story. It's a it, it's it's building. I mean, and he obviously knew well, that it was going to tear that down. That that gave me the 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 confidence to stand in a story like this and just be like, hey, this is just the way it happened. There's yeah. there's too much effort right now in our society to cleanse and strip difficult yeah. conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah difficult things from our past or difficult things from today, we have to be able to sit together and talk about whatever the issue is. Some bad stuff. And it can be whatever. I mean, you have to be able to, to be in a place to compare and contrast, to think critically about what's going on. We have to teach our kids how to do this. Got to enjoy liberty. Exactly. That's exactly right, yeah. Joe. And yeah. If you don't have liberty, you don't have freedom. That's right. That's and right. Your liberty to showcase a story, right or wrong, that's liberty, man. That's what. Yeah. That's that's how we're sitting in this room. Well, is through liberty. That's really the philosophy of the guy who was like, "You shouldn't have told this story." Is like that's a no-no story, and we don't need to talk about it. And in his mind, is you know, and and and. Honestly, I mean, there's some credence to that in the sense of that's in the in the zeitgeist. It's in the atmosphere because I picked it up. Like, hey, this is risky. Yeah, nobody else is talking about stuff like this. Um, but it, I talk about it all the time when the mic's not on. Right. Why wouldn't I talk about it now? Yeah, you know, and and I, I'm learning that those are stories that that are usually really impacting and 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 profitable. If they're told in the right way, you know, and uh, personally profitable, like yeah. internally profitable, yeah, yeah not because you not, could be not economically profitable. Yeah. profitable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. your sensors yeah. over here. Yeah, were yeah. Good. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, but also just like if you look at the law as the mechanism for building morality, that that's not how life works, right? It's mm. community. Mm-hmm. Like the hardest thing he. The the right, fine was the, nothing. It yeah. was going and telling his dad. It was telling all those folks that drove around that base. Yeah. He lost his dream job. And, hey, I went to basic training. I went to B-Knock You there. were on Fort Leonard I, I spent a good chunk of my military career at Fort Leonard Wood. Did you, you see know, that book? I, no, but I knew that gas station that MP stopped <laughs> yeah. at. <laughs> really? Yeah. But, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's like he lost his dream job. And, and if you feel like he kind of got, like, maybe hosed on that situation, like, that that's where like the chemical defense training facility they got like chemical weapon precursors and not being able to 
stay out of places you're not supposed to, the MPs had every right. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a millet. It's Fort Leonard Wood. It's not hunting place Leonard Wood. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so it's it's, a, it's it's not a high fence, right, sixty one thousand right, acre high fence hunting. No, range. no. And so they, you know, but like with community, when my kid, one of my kids was horsing around on a four wheeler, and he went on the county road last year or the, down on the street, and he got hit, and it just about killed him. And you know, he he was fine. I mean, you, he was in a lot of pain, and he was really, really bad hurt. Paramedics, police, all that around him. And he lost it when I walked up because he was more scared of me mm. than anything going. And it's because he knew he'd violated my trust. Mm-hmm. And the first, it wasn't anything like, you know, I may never use my arm again or all that. It was just, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that was the first. And, and he was in kind of a life or death situation. Like, the, the community aspect and uh, and I'm outside of the hunting community, but I have a, a, a one of my young men is boldly st- like eagerly <laughs> oh, dude, stepping can we talk into about, it. Can we talk? But but that guy, you know, he's in it. And so, like outside of the community, what makes your community stronger is talking about this and realizing the shame that comes with yeah. it. The 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 worst part is having to go and say, "I did this. Yeah, yeah. like I cheated." Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. She'll love looking back on these memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. And this is not a joke. Juju Nukem has an Aura frame, and we share photos and they're incredible. Also, my mother-in-law has one. We have them. They truly are really good, really high quality. The Aura frame is easy to set up. It takes just two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. It also adjusts the display depending on light levels in the room to maintain the true color of your photos. For real, the digital screen is amazing. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame when you use code BEAR, B-E-A-R, BEAR. That's AuraFrames.com. Use code BEAR at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Montana Knife Company was founded by Josh Smith, one of the world's most experienced master bladesmiths. He's been making knives for 30 years. Made in the USA and manufactured locally in Montana. The knives come with a multi-generational warranty and free sharpening. Designed, tested, and built by hunters, MKC is a hunting knife company first and foremost. They have the sharpest knives out of the box and the easiest knives to sharpen. And that is the dadgum truth. You better be careful with them when you get them. They are sharp. MKC is a fast-growing company. They just hired their 55th employee and are looking to hire about 50 more in the next year or so. I've carried a lot of these Montana knives And the one that I like the most is their Speed Goat, which is a lightweight hunting knife, just the right size. MKC knives sell out within minutes of being released. So head over to MontanaKnifeCompany.com. 
They have new knives for sale every Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So check their website and sign up for their text and email alerts. That is the best way to find out when they have knives available. Use code BEARGREASE10 for 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company, working knives for working people. The old timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrel's ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the south. The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location, allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the Onyx Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this spring. Did you hear when he said that he was in the hospital after that broke leg and the nurse yep. recognized him as being the guy that had killed the huge deer, but she thought he killed it. She didn't know right. he killed it illegally. Yeah. He's He's got a broke leg in the emergency room, yeah. and he tells her, yeah, but I killed it illegally. And even that, like, he felt that need. Like, uh, yeah, I almost brought it up in the voiceover. Yeah. I almost wanted to go, hey, did y'all hear that? Yeah. yeah. He he told the nurse. Like, he could have just been like, yeah. yeah, it was awesome and been a hero. That's what she presented it as. Hey, you're the guy that killed the big buck. And he's like, yeah, but. Before you set that leg, I'm actually a fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's. So there, there's something there. Like, the, the, the $141. Uh, I actually think the way it worked out is more powerful than well they took your guns and your truck. Yeah, it, yeah. it seemed because of the the human impact. Because then you would feel like well he's been through enough. Yeah. But just that having to go back, losing his job in a poverty stricken area. That's not like that's right. Know, I'm poverty stricken, but you know like that's a rural area. There's not a lot of good yeah, jobs it's hard like to get that. A good job, yeah. So I I I think I don't think well, he got off easy. Okay. The 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 white mastodon in the room was uh the hundred and fourteen dollar fine. Any any comments on that? Like I do y'all that that probably wouldn't have happened today, I don't think. I don't I I, I kind of disagree. Really? Because I, I thought a lot about this over the last couple of days. I think I mean I, I after saying everything I've already said, I kinda hesitate to say it this way, but I think that's I don't think they knew exactly what he'd done until he confessed. Okay. Yeah. And and so that's all they had. Would you have thought that if I hadn't said it? It took me... I mean, I've listened to that second podcast three times, and I only thought of this this morning. That's why James is here. Thank you, James. <laughs> so... <Bumping> those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Your check's in the mail. <laughs> I, I, I think they... They knew that buck belonged. I mean, everybody knew that buck. Yeah. Okay? So they knew that. We know you didn't kill that buck over there. We can't figure out anything else, maybe. And, I mean, I'm putting words in these guys' mouth, right? So I don't know for sure. But I I honestly, you asked the question, would he have gotten a bigger fine? 
not if they would have not if they would have offered him like hey you know you need to plead guilty to this and this is what the fine is going to be i mean I so mean, if you think they'd have said they might have kept trying guilty and we're going to we're going to fine you $10,000 like they would have known he wouldn't have done it they they would have known they would have had more i think they would have had more on him they would have had to have had more on yeah. him yeah. well that i agree yeah you're the law enforcement guy i, I 100% agree and and I, I say that from a a standpoint that I I don't I haven't seen that case file, but right. judging by everything that was said, and that's what that's the story that we have to go with. Yep. And knowing what I know about law enforcement and interviews and people, you said that the first time from the you, very first you t- the, when I even just told you about the story, Brent said, "Yeah, they didn't have him." Yeah. And it's not there's I'm not saying anything toward the investigators that they didn't do a good job. Sometimes you don't have much. Well, yeah. They had two weeks. They had wor- been working on it for like two weeks, so, right? Yeah. He had been gone somewhere else, right? And then yeah. when he came back, they wanted to talk to him. So I'm, I'm with Brent. Like, it's nothing against them. No, it's just sometimes you it, the clues ain't there. Yeah. And there, there was probably something more important going on. Yeah. Like crimes you, against humans. Yeah, and, and that that could sound negative to the outdoor world, but that same deer could have tried crossing the road and got run over. Yeah, and no one would have cared about it. Someone would have said, "Do you see that big old deer dead oh, on the yeah. side of the road?" That's a shame. Law enforcement has a lot to do. Yeah. Now, I say that with you asked if the hundred and fourteen dollars was significant. I don't think most of us in the outdoors knows where that money goes. You know, I know where it goes here in the state of Arkansas. If if you receive a fine, that goes to the school district in the county that yeah. you that you wildlife finds the money goes directly to the right. school district, and yep. which is Pretty a cool. phenomenal system. And that system is put into play so that way people don't think that the game warden's just out to to meet a quota, quota yeah. and yeah. and it's to once. get them. It's to put a human side to the to the game warden that he's protecting wildlife. Um, I think that's a huge deal. I wish we knew where fines went to in all aspects of law and order. Yeah. Um, but that, that's well, a great well, I just you, want to make sure, I just want to be, be clear when I say, regardless of if they had him or not, I, I don't personally think they did. But sometimes yeah. you have to go with what you have to get a conviction. You know, yeah. if, if it, when all things are come down, and you know, but you don't know. As an investigator, when you know, I know Clay did it. I know he did it, but I can't prove that he did it. Yeah. The rest of that falls on Clay to either fess up and cleanse his soul and try to do right by what he did wrong. And that's what I like about this story because mm-hmm. that guy did it. Yep. Yeah. And he didn't have to. Yeah. He, I really, I really well, don't think he did. I, I, I said it, and I hesitated to bring the Missouri Department of Conservation into it, but in some ways I felt like I owed it to them. For sure. And then I also think I owed it to the listener. I I reached out to to those guys, and they were fantastic. I mean, I just glowing praise for the Missouri Department of Conservation. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't possible to talk to the game wardens that did the case. These guys are still active, still working. They're not retired. Right. And 
it's just not in their job description to right. talk to podcasters from another state. Yeah, and so <laughs> it like I got it. I wanted to talk to those guys. Yeah, for for what I was doing, that would have made the most sense to mm -hmm. sit down with someone and be like, "Dude, did you know Donnie did it?" And that's just not the way it worked. Um, I was contacted though by a very high level official in the. I mean, he called me on my cell phone. He didn't. He didn't know about the Bear Grease podcast. He didn't know who I was. For real, I was just a dude that he he was calling that had asked about this crime committed in 2009. And he called me multiple times and talked to me about Donnie and offered to be a guest on Bear Grease. Um, and I, it just didn't fit inside. Like this guy actually, like he, he, he was not, he didn't know about the case previously. I mean, you know. Not everybody right. knows every single poaching right. violations that's happened in their state in the last 30 years. So he didn't know about it. He learned about it by reading about it and by talking to mm -hmm. the guys that were part of it. And so I just didn't feel like it would make a whole lot of sense. It would have changed the story. It well, would have changed the nature of the story if you, if you had had... That dog got a dog <laughs> wailing. He just awkward. <laughs> well, he just smushed up. I just, I just had to make an editorial decision to not in, include it uh, in, in any way. I, I just give so much credit to them, and, yeah. and I, I, I hope they're not. Uh, I hope they're not upset with me. Uh, well, I mean, they had like five guys. I mean, I as a, as a layman here, I I did I left impression in, with the impression they're very serious about deer because they had oh, five yeah. guys working that. When my four wheeler was stolen, I could barely get one county sheriff <laughs> deputy out here. <laughs> but a deer, a deer is a big deal in Missouri. No one, oh, they're big deer, every, big big yeah. deal everywhere. Four wheeler theft is not, but you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those. Funny. It sounded <laughs> like Donnie's wife was she's a, she's a big part of the latter end of of this episode. Yeah, and that struggle with cancer, the willingness to go and try an alternate medicine. Yeah. Anything to survive, um, which I'm, I'm a fan of that whole realm as well. But uh, f for her to come from a stage four cancer, go in remission, come back and catch it again. You know, the people we didn't hear from were those boys. Yeah. And you, you think about the sacrifice leads to success. Those boys are going to be some tough kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they've went through a whole bunch and they probably idolized their dad. They watched him fail. And it's super important that he succeeds to give those kids a crutch. They obviously the mom was there and responsible for the kids all the time. While Donnie was out jacking around, they lost their mom. Uh, it's it's an amazing story, man. It pulls at every heartstring that you could you could pull at. I never knew that you were going to be like the Oprah Winfrey of the outdoors. But, mm -hmm. uh, Me neither, man. Wow. <laughs> Check under your chair. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got a you. car. House for you. <laughs> yeah. You, you how about uh, man. How, how about the wedding dress and the, oh, and that the was a good story. Dog. That was a good Bear Grease story. That, that was, and I'm talking about where they tried out this dog they couldn't afford. And she loved it so much that she said, uh, the money that I got saved up for my wedding dress, we'll, we'll buy that dog. And they did. And, man, that was uh, – that, that, 
it, it hit me right in the old feels <laughs> and when I was already getting them punched up pretty good. But to me, that is an absolute demonstration of, of pure love that she was giving up something that she had probably dreamed about as a little girl, but something that not only was she going to get, but she was going to share that with her husband. Man, that was mm. that was strong. And then how that dog became this thread that their family traveled all over, and yes. and they brought their boy. I mean, that was such a big part of their boy's life. That dog yeah. lived fifteen years. Just died like last year, I yeah. think you said, or yeah, two yeah. years ago. Yeah, just yeah, recently. And um, yeah, that was. But that was, was something to I always talk about tangible things that you can reach out and hold, and they could pick up that dog that their mama had. That their yeah. mama loved, that their that their mama was the reason that thing was in their their home. That got to be a lot of connections. This is a this is one of those you know we all of us in the outdoors we try to think about how we could bridge a gap to get to those who aren't in the outdoors. And out of all honesty, it takes stories such as this to put kind of the human side to the hunter. Yeah, that's right. And. Yeah. If, if you were going to share an episode of Bear Grease or a series of Bear Grease to someone who's outside of of this broad circle, this would be the one to share. And uh, we need little pieces like this to keep the big mission going. Yeah. 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 Okay. How surprised were you? I looked at the timestamps on this second episode, and there was 12 minutes left in a 56-minute episode before he started talking about Angela's cancer. Did it did it slip up on you, or was it foreshadowed enough? Because I'll tell you, going into it, I didn't know Donnie. He, I think I knew that he was married and that his wife had died. Like I just somehow picked that up from maybe maybe even Facebook, looking at his Facebook or something. And uh, so I didn't know that this was going to come up. Like it wasn't like I came in thinking, we're going to talk about his wife. No. I mean, I, I thought I was interviewing a guy about killing a deer. And, and that's where it went. So I was shocked. I mean, I'm sitting there just like, holy smokes. Is that the way it felt to you guys? I mean, did you see that coming or no? No. It kind of looked like that cloud had been over Lowe's. Yeah. If I would have knew that was coming, I would have went to Lowe's. That's where Spins got caught up in the... I was right there just about to walk in the door. <laughs> no, I, was, I don't know how He's you could have saw looking that. At the, the, the flowers and stuff. $9 two yeah. befores <laughs> and <laughs> tears. <laughs> and they yeah. think it's like, golly, uh, prices are high. Uh, yeah, this <laughs> Biden economy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're supposed to be able to talk about true things. That's, that is one. You're going to have to add it. The economy is actually pretty good. <laughs> if you're uh, selling lumber. No, it, it, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah, I just wondered how it, because I didn't realize, I, I when I look back at the timestamp, like it was the last 12 minutes when it all when it all happened. I knew it, what was coming. I was kind of surprised that you hadn't, when I, I actually, because you told me how long the podcast was. So I kind of had in my mind how, and I thought, man, I think I'm almost done with this thing and I haven't heard, yeah, I haven't heard, heard about his wife yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was waiting for that part of the story. So. Now, did you know that was coming? No. I I, I mean, I 
thought you alluded to it in the first episode that Oh, I said he was a widower. Yeah. yeah. The so, first episode, I, I that's right. In the beginning, I said he was a widower. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The foreshadowing um, clay. Foreshadow, man. Yeah. That's good storytelling, though. Um, <laughs> oh, shoot. What was I going to say? The, the, um, oh, my goodness. I had something right on the tip of my tongue and I got to thinking about it. Did you ask him if he liked to eat squirrel? No. He well, should come to the world championship. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know, do you know who's, who says he's probably going to come? So the Black Bear Bonanza. Uh, Joe Wilson? Donnie Baker. Oh, really? Well, yeah. we might we might need to get Donnie uh, sitting next to Brent Reeves or something at that judging seat. Let's not do that to Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, just, let's just shake wow. his head hey. and tell him he can come wear one of their wigs and come as the other Donnie Baker. Yeah. 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 Enough. Uh, How much squirrel did you eat? Oh, my gosh. All you it could, was good. All you needed? I, all I could hold. All they'd let me uh, have. Here's what I was going to say. Here's what I was going to say. The, the the podcast just ends with with I thought it was a great wife, ending with his that, wife that was, dying. Yeah, the perspective. What was. what I didn't what I didn't include, which, which I was a little bit torn, but I, but I felt like from a I just felt like that story ended the story. It was just like in in kind of people came to their own conclusion. Like I didn't need to sum it up with a. VO of like these are the conclu- I usually would mm-hmm. like I usually would be right. like here's what we learned here's here's you know I was just kind of like that story told itself made its own gravy um but what I almost included was about a two minute a minute section where he talked about his life today and he has a really great job and his family's doing well and it's like things are going going well right. for Donnie. And 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 uh and he's actually yeah, that's all that's all. I'm awesome. I'm glad you included that in this because that was one thing that I wondered. I wonder how how he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I hope he's doing well. Right. Yeah. And I think that is a lot of closure for the folks that are listening that uh cuz with that hope it gives somebody who did something wrong. Yeah. Hope. Maybe maybe I can overcome it. Yeah, that I can overcome it. Because you, the deer thing is inconsequential. Yeah. That's the only reason the only reason that is relevant is because we do an outdoor themed mm-hmm. podcast. That's the you were there. That all this all came about. I don't think it was coincidence. I don't think it was by chance. I think every this story had needed to be told and the only thing that could light the fuse was the deer. Because the deer to me is as inconsequential to this story as anything. There's a guy there's a guy on Instagram that said, I've got a fever and the only thing that can cure it is more Donnie Baker. <laughs> Isn't that the Saturday night live? Yeah, yeah I'll be like, like a cow I got a fever. <laughs> That'll cure it. When he said that I was like I, I laughed out loud. Some I don't know who it was. Good job. Instagram person. <laughs> um, Here's to you, Mr. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> uh, but back to uh, Black Bear Bonanza. Back to the Black Bear Bonanza. <laughs> no, I wanted to do this backwards because I wanted us to talk about the Donnie Becker episode 
Um, before we finish off, is there is there anything else? I mean, there's so much. There's yeah, we could talk about well, we talked about intent. We talked about the 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 fines. Um, the whole fine thing is is important because that that would make if I didn't know this story and you told me a guy killed a big deer and got a hundred fourteen dollar fine, I would be pounding the table saying injustice. And I believe that I just can't help but believe that today that would have been different. Um, Might be, but I, but I don't there's think also. I mean, to their point, I think it's possible they didn't know that, like the egregious nature that he, you know, hauled it out of there. Well, yeah, you know? they did. You, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, they knew. Something wasn't right. Yeah, I think they knew. I think they, they knew he didn't kill it where he said he did. I don't think they knew he hauled it out. Do you see what I'm saying? True, true. I think that makes a little bit of a difference. True, oh, okay. I, I, like, I wondered if when they heard the whole story, if they were like, well, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Opportunity miss. We probably should have taken it. You know, like I wondered if that, if it would have been different, but they said, this is what, how we're going to respond. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. She'll love looking back on these memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. And this is not a joke. Juju Nukem has an Aura frame, and we share photos, and they're incredible. Also, my mother-in-law has one. We have them. They truly are really good, really high quality. The Aura frame is easy to set up. It takes just two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. It also adjusts the display depending on light levels in the room to maintain the true color of your photos. For real, the digital screen is amazing. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame when you use code BEAR, B-E-A-R, BEAR. That's AuraFrames.com. Use code BEAR at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Montana Knife Company was founded by Josh Smith, one of the world's most experienced master bladesmiths. He's been making knives for 30 years. Made in the USA and manufactured locally in Montana. The knives come with a multi-generational warranty and free sharpening. Designed, tested, and built by hunters, MKC is a hunting knife company first and foremost. They have the sharpest knives out of the box and the easiest knives to sharpen. And that is the dadgum truth. You better be careful with them when you get them. They are sharp. MKC is a fast-growing company. They just hired their 55th employee and are looking to hire about 50 more in the next year or so. I've carried a lot of these Montana knives, and the one that I like the most is their Speed Goat, which is a lightweight hunting knife just the right size. MKC knives sell out within minutes of being released. So head over to MontanaKnifeCompany.com. They have new knives for sale every Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So check their website and sign up for their text and email alerts. That is the best way to find out when they have knives available. Use code BEARGREASE10 for 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company, working knives for working people. The old timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrels' ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the South. 
The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location, allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the Onyx Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this spring. I don't know how you come up with what a proper fine is, because when I drive through the state of Missouri through a construction zone, there's a sign that says hit a road worker, get a $10,000 fine. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I mean, that kind of sounds cheap as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, so coming up with some sort of guideline on what you find somebody is we don't vote on that. Yeah. You know, it, it's not the people. I don't know who comes, the judicial system comes up with it, I guess, but it well, sounded low. Well, today there's these uh, poacher trophy fees. Right. Which are, which just weren't that, I don't know when they started, but 15 years ago, they certainly weren't as popular. Today, I would say probably every state has higher penalties for killing a bigger animal. Do you think that's to separate a guy who's hungry who say shot a deer yeah. because he needed food or to feed his family, he gets a $114 fine. A guy that went out and shot a 204-inch deer, he does. Well, I think it's a, it's a response to the cultural frenzy and celebration of big animals. Right. And we've, we've valued big animals to such a degree. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I, I think it's interesting. And yeah. I think you could, you could, if we were standing before aliens who didn't live here, you can make a case that it's crazy, yeah. But but it's it's equivalent to cultural value because if Donnie Baker had killed, he said it himself. I said it. If he'd killed a hundred and ten inch eight point like that, we wouldn't be telling the story, right? We would never would have known about it, and that wouldn't have been that big a deal because it, the deer was so big and there's so much cultural value placed on antler size. And with what we've seen, cr- the craziness of what people will do to break the law, to kill a big deer. I right. mean, you know, there's a lot of stories. Misty, you said something earlier that I want to touch on before we get to the Black Bear Bonanza on March 9th in Bentonville, Arkansas. Be there. Uh, <laughs> uh, is, uh, you said that could, basically you said that Donnie was different from like a standard poaching story. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. part of me, I, if you give me criticism, I have thought about that criticism immensely before it probably ever popped into anyone's mind. I, as I told this story, I thought, could I go to any poacher in America and tell an appealing story about their life? Probably. Okay. Well, but that's bad, Joe. I I know, but it's the truth. You could. Well, but, but that's where it's like, dude, am I just glorifying spinning a story no i, because, I don't, because I don't I, think you could i did it with yeah. uh louis dell and charlie 
I mean, and, and again, their not story. Not to great effect on all of us. What's that? Not to great effect on all of us. Yeah, Go Britt ahead. didn't like that one. Never did. Um, and, and and again, I wasn't spinning the story. I was just telling it the way I saw it, which was these guys, I we liked them, but they were also egregious poachers. I listened this week to a, a podcast that had a, a poacher on it. And uh, I was like, I couldn't help this guy. Like, it made me realize how special Donnie was. Yeah. I went to another podcast that had a guy that was telling a story. And I was like, dude, I, I there's no story there. there yeah, there's no there there the there wasn't. It, it just made me feel confident that Donnie's story is pretty unique. And you said Donnie told his own story. You didn't have to coach him or anything. Right. It wasn't like you were a, a defense attorney. Yeah, you know, and you trying to, to make. I don't a, want folks to get the idea. You said there's no way you could help that guy. You needed to explain that. You didn't go up there to help Donnie. Baker. No, you went up there to let him tell. He contacted you. Yes. About listening to us, and he wanted to. He's here's a story. Well, I mean, it wasn't even like that. He he just volunteered that story. Not he wasn't fishing for. I think I honestly think the last thing on his mind that I was going to show up at his door. He he just told me that he just gave he gave us a compliment on something we did, and he said, "Man, I identify. I got in trouble years ago, and that's when I said, hey, that's what that's mm-hmm, what yeah. I want you to put out there. That's, <clears throat> yeah, that that you yeah. weren't trying to help him. You were just letting." And the point of that whole story was that I think Donnie's story is very unique. Yeah, I think yeah. it's unique too. You couldn't you couldn't do that with you and, couldn't have and, everyone tell their story. And most like people's that. crimes don't eat at them. Like I mean, that thing he reached out to you, like that is a weird thing. It's because it was eating them up still. Yeah, like, I mean there there's a there's there's cleansing and transparency, and yeah. and I think like maybe other people had forgiven him, but he still hadn't forgiven himself. Even hearing that. Telling that story, you can tell you that's still really a raw subject. There's a couple points when when he, and I I don't remember what the questions were, but there were a couple points where he answered a question that you asked him, and I think he was coming to a realization on something. So he was definitely still processing. Yeah, when we when I said it was ego, yeah, and and he said he said, yeah, I guess it was. He's like, I wanted to be. Everybody know I was a great. I killed it yeah. because I wanted everybody to think I was like a great white. You know, most people wouldn't admit that. No, I mean they, we'd all know it, but they wouldn't have the guts to just like say that. You know, I think he's been thinking about it an awful long time to try to put sense to what he did and the outcomes from it, and and I can identify with that. I mean, I there's things that I did when I was you know, a teenager that I still think about. And I'm like, why What'd did you I do, do What'd you do, James? I'm not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ready to be On the next episode of Bear <laughs> Our very own James Bear Grease Confessions. <laughs> she did it golf. <laughs> no, 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 that. No. <laughs> <laughs> now let me tell you he why. killed a, he killed a peregrine falcon with his driver one day on the, on the button green oh you got me it was a sparrow, <laughs> Shot a sparrow. randy johnson and that bird <laughs> yeah. no i i um I, I think that he's been wrestling with that stuff and um and has had thought through a lot of it and had a lot of it figured out but the few 
there was a few things there that you asked him that he, you got him off, not to say off his game, because that, that, that sounds bad. You made him think about something a little from a little different angle. Yeah. And that's the point that, that last thing that I wanted to say on the whole thing was that the reason why um, you can tell those stories uh, about poachers or outlaws or, you know, whatever it is, is, is because you don't bring it to us um, in a way of saying, hey, here's this cool guy. Listen to this cool story. You always bring it to us and you kind of walk us through different ways to think about it, different angles to think about it critically. And you leave it with us to decide how we feel about that particular story. You know, um, and I think that's a different way of doing it. So instead of, you know, hey, uh, Joe Smith, the poacher's going to be on our podcast next week. You know, you be sure to listen in and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not told that way. And that's the refreshing part of what you do. And I'm not saying that so I can earn a spot back here for next week's episode. Would you like to come back next week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just think I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to probably speak for, those of us who are out there listening and and appreciate the way that you do what you do, whether you're talking about going down the Mississippi River, you know, as Brent's cub pilot, or you know, telling somebody's difficult story. Yeah, you know, I know it's I tough to be his it. pilot. Oh my oh. god, you should have been the pilot. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I'll end the the Donnie Baker conversation with this statement. Donnie, the, I think the last thing that Donnie would want us all to think about him is that he is a saint even today. Like he didn't like. There's a, there's a version of the story and reason you tell it, and you and and you make up this redemption story, or not mm-hmm. make it up, but but the but the end of it is like I'm different now. I'm I, I'm I'm so different. I would never do that again. I you know distance me from that. Donnie didn't really have that deep of clarity on the redemption side of it mm-hmm. in a way. But when he told it, but when he told his story, we could see it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're way different. And I, I say that to say, like, it's it's not and, and there were parts of the interview that just weren't as relevant to keep on there. Like it's 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 not a fairy tale story. Of this like clean transition from this bad guy to good guy, you know. I mean, it's very it, Hollywood. If you're expecting that, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and really Donnie, Hollywood. Donnie would tell me. He said, "Clay, it. I, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Maybe even like five years after this happened." He said, "There was. I was bitter. I was mad. I felt like they lied to me about my job. Uh, you yeah. know, I was scrambling like." This is 15 years later, mm-hmm. after all this stuff has happened mm-hmm. in his yeah. life, after a long time of distillation, that he's he's come to this conclusion. And the conclusion wasn't was not, Clay, I'm perfect today. I even told you, I said, he's had some, what, what I consider, and somebody could debate me on it, and I'm not going to go into the details of it, because I might punch him, um, <laughs> is uh, what I would consider minor wildlife violations that could have happened to anybody has happened to him since. I mean, he's not an outdoor media. He's not like, he's not trying to, he's just a guy that just like loves hunting, very passionate, very skilled bow hunter. Uh, And I mean, golly, 
Great story. Stuff happens. Yeah, yep. great story. And so anyway, does that, that make sense? Is it, that okay? Yeah. And I think like for me, just kind of one of the parting things is I, I, this episode kind of shook me. It shook how I look at myself because you had a guy and he did this thing that just, you know, looking back at it, like that split season, you know, like he could have killed that deer many times. But then one day it was there and boom. And I look back at successes that I had in my life that I hold on to. And I'm like, you know, if that went a different way, like things that I'm proud of, you know, you know I'm like, I might not have done it that way. I mm-hmm. could have done it like a dirt ball and mm-hmm. been a dirt ball like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things it did for me is it really took my trust out of myself. Like mm. that I would always have that moral thing. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You, you know, like that's not a given in any of our lives. Like you can't rest on your haunches that I'm a, I'm a great guy. Like, and it, it goes back to that phrase you started off Seems with David and Bathsheba crouching at the door. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. conscious mm-hmm. decision. And it's make. a warning. And I think that's why this is so powerful. Yeah. Cause that you could be, you could step into what he stepped at any time if you're not careful. I yep. think about like with your kids, we, one of the things we talked about when this first came out is you you tell your kids don't don't go to the party like don't be there yeah because you you could say I'm not going to do this but if you're where it's happening <laughs> yep. you yep. know you're you Very don't much. know in the right circumstances yeah. what you what you would do and all the regret that that will produce so stay far away stay stay in the <laughs> stay in another building and then yeah. uh, you know be a mile away from it and because it's true you don't and I think um, on the other on the this side of it you know we're looking at this. It it should produce humility for everybody, not just like you don't know what you would do, but also what you've done. Yeah, exactly. you know you, you you've we've all done stupid stuff. What'd you do yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> we want to tea. This, this the has tea. been a great great conversation. The black, black bear, bear bonanza. bonanza. <laughs> March the night. <laughs> Bentonville, Bentonville, Arkansas. Arkansas. Where is it at, James? It's at the Benton County Fairgrounds this year. So we were moving venues. We outgrew yep. the Quail Barn. Um, so we'll have two indoor settings. Uh, our food food trucks will still be outside, but our main show that people would be familiar with will be in one building. We've hired uh, an event production company to help us with sound and video this year so people will be able to see and hear what's going on oh, uh, cool. much better. Good. Uh, so, you know, we'll have, um, you know, cooking demo and a deer butchering demo that, you know, we'll have some video production to help out with so people can really see what's going on on that kind of stuff. And then, of course, we'll, we'll record so the, a render. So and, the, 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 the Black Bear Bonanza is the premier <laughs> premium bear hunting event in the nation. That's it's what a, it is. You're saying it's a big deal. It is. And... um and how much does it cost to get in? Like ten it's bucks. Ten dollars for everybody, uh, thirteen and over. So twelve and under gets in free. Kids, kids get in free. Kids get in free. And and Brent and I. I was about to say Brent Newcomb and I. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Clay and Brent Newcomb. I spent a lot of time. Clay Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> this is big news. Brent and I. We've adopted Brent. <laughs> Brent and I. Brent Reeves and I. We'll be there all day. Yep. Just uh, just hanging out. Yep. And, and we're going to do a, a live Bear Grease Render podcast there. There's going to be a uh, the 
Arkansas bear biologists yep. and other people from the Game and Fish are doing a presentation on Arkansas black bear. That's right. There's going to be a lot of vendors there. Yep. There's going to be uh, snakes there. There will be snakes there. There's going to be all kinds of stuff for kids to see and do and touch. and um, Snakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody Al. worth their salt? Al Hooten. Al oh, yeah. Hooten. Yes. The, I was going to get to that, the too. The nation's <laughs> premier Al Hooting contest. Let me say that again. The nation's premier Al Hooting contest. One day, we're going to give away one day, not hey. this year. One day we're going to give away a major prize. Now this year we're we're on we're in listen, route. Listen we're, to the man. Okay, so we're working on it. I I doubt it's going to happen this year, but we're working on it. We you know we've talked about a, a particular kind of prize, and there's a particular uh, kind of enterprise <laughs> out there that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Could we be any more specific? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but we all drove here today in trucks. Mm. For sure. I will we... give away Banjo Nukem to the winner of the 19. 19... <laughs> no. Nope. nope. Just kidding. No, he won't. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brent. So Brent's going to MC the world famous Al Hoot contest. That'll be in the middle part of the day. Pre- I'm a little jealous about that. Man. Where, where, would, Clay, where would Clay place? Well, uh, Brent, there, let me ask Brent. Your where would he play? Is he an elite? Is he? Oh, he's he's a, he's a top tier. Top tier. Okay. Yeah. And, and the reason that to... the reason that is because he, he's practiced. It's like anything. The more you practice, the better you get. Ten percent of the things that come out of this dude's head is an owl hoot at any particular yeah. event. He, or but you don't get the real the the quality. <laughs> the best owl hoots are in a basketball setting. In oh, sure. basketball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so, sure. On the hardwood, that's where he's really at his own. Someone was talking <laughs> every to me time about Shep or Simeon Spencer does a sweet move, which happens all the time. Which Simeon Spencer is Spencer's son. Oh, well, I owl hoot as loud as I can, and Spence does his. <laughs> the opposing team has no idea what's happening. What's, but we'll go to like rural <laughs> north central Arkansas and do it. And occasionally we get one back. Yeah. <laughs> and this get, is not a joke. Oh, that's I good, mean, yeah, like man. any, every, how many games have we had this year? Kingston 30? is where, yeah. We had yeah, 30 games. Yeah. We, I've out hooted oh, 900 oh, yeah, times. Yeah. And then we go nah, to some, see, some school At least four districts. times, five times per game. One of the moms asked five. me this week on our team, she said, can I put in a request for different animals? I was like, well, you can put it in. I'm not sure that they can, <laughs> yeah, they can yeah, perform. Uh, and, I, no. and we said, you know, I hope it doesn't embarrass y'all, you know, when we show up to these things. And she said, oh, no, it's not embarrassing. And with a totally straight face, she said, it was very surprising the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Spitz, we are so pumped. Me, at the last LSD game, flashback. at the last game, it, it, we were the opposing team. We were at a, at a stadium, and there was a whole, you know, a hundred and something people, like you know, sixty feet from us across the way. They never, I never saw a parent get up, like stand up, like they would just they would clap yeah. and like reasonable, yell. rational yeah. me human beings. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I'm already fired up. Lost my. <laughs> me and Spence were standing the entire game. Al hooting, yelling, high-fiving, Gary fist pumping. I went at Gary. I went, Gary, hit him with the Black Panther call. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Gary was in it too, man. You know, the folks on the other side of the gym are like, what? what is what's y'all's so mascot? 
Don't have one. We're not doing that. Okay. The mermaids. But it's but it's not the owl. Like, are we playing the owl? I didn't think we were playing the owl. My dream is that one day when Shep or Simeon like do something major. Like everyone in the stadium will out hoot and crow call. My mom, I gotta tell this story and then we could do whatever we want. But we'll my come mom, back to the black we'll bear dance. Black <laughs> 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 this from James. We were in a game a couple of weeks ago and it we are intense. And Shep was actually explaining to Simon, he's like, This is my grandma. Can you imagine the pressure that's on me? <laughs> she her watch asked, This oh, is yeah. a non conference, non important game. But her watch said are you okay? Have you fallen? Because her heart rate was getting so out of control that they were like, "Oh boy, what is going on with this woman?" Oh, that's and this awesome. is, this is a uh, yeah. This is this is his grandma. <laughs> the best though is when we have we've got this rapidly urbanizing area with a lot of folks coming out of state and yep. some school districts up towards Yalzoy, and so we'll go there. And yeah. when we hit it there, the other team's players kind of like. Freeze up. Yeah, they're not quite sure what's it's just what? it's just a little discombobulating to be in their life and hear wildlife know, in the gym. So. James. Yes. World famous owl hooting contest. World famous owl hoot contest at the Black Bear Bonanza March 9th, Benton County Fairgrounds in Bentonville, Arkansas. It's from nine to five. We'd like people to buy tickets in advance. They okay. buy tickets before February fifteenth. We're going to put them in a special drawing for a couple different Ooh, raffle prizes. Nice. They go to www.blackbearbonanza.com. It'll redirect them right to our website where they get the whole rundown on what's going on, and they can buy their tickets. We also uh, have added a little bit of camping this year. We got the option okay. at the fairgrounds to have camping. Oh, okay. nice. So nothing super fancy. So this is Manage expectations. essentially mm-hmm. going to be primitive camping. We'll have... Porta John's on site. We're not going to have, there's some running water out there and there's a few electric sites, but um, this is going to be pretty basic. So don't, don't come expecting like a total Woodstock festival <laughs> campground experience. Okay. Whoa. And I ain't is that coming. The standard, huh? <laughs> 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 I'm not sure that you're familiar with Woodstock. It's not known well, for being like the cleanest deal. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've. With this see, mud we've had lately, it, it could probably be. could be. Yeah. 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 It could be. Well, and, and so I just, you know, I don't want people to get too high of expectations, but we've had a request for that in the past, and so we've got that available this year as well. So. I kind of seen a, expectations. a sneak peek at one of the prizes. Yeah, yeah, the knife. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were so, going to say you get your own owl. No. <laughs> I got too no. many of those what in my chicken farm. What are the chances we could get a live bear there? I mean, we need to talk to our bear biologist about that. <laughs> we need a bear there. I think we need to take that one. They used to bring a bear to the big buck, uh, Classic. And oh, yeah, they sure did. Like, yeah. like a guys, live, a yeah, live, live bear. Oh, wow. Yeah, they used to have one down there. That'd be pretty cool. I'm in. <laughs> so is I, there music or? There'll be, we're working on a little bit of music in the middle part of the day and then at the end of the day. Um, and last year, Myron brought yeah, so Myron brought means the, the Arkansas bear biologist. Incredible guy. Fantastic banjo player. Mm, we, we played music. I'm. I'm not sure if uh, we're going to play again, but there's going to be some music. Trust me. Yeah. So, so we're working on a little bit of music. Nice. Our basic outline, the morning time will be all about our educational stuff. So kids come and see stuff and touch stuff. We're going to have archery range. Um, Umarex is bringing, they're going to set up an air gun range for us so kids can, you know, get exposed to some of that kind of stuff. Of course, all the, 
furs and game of fish is coming with their big fish tank fish tank so fish, tons snakes. and tons of support. what about the goats they're gonna be back this year i bet we'll have goats yeah the i, I don't goats. know for sure that snake mountain pack goats i'm pretty sure they'll be there yeah casey um and so that's kind of the morning time is all that educational stuff and then um over the lunchtime or right around lunchtime we'll have a little bit of music and then um we'll have the state of the bears in in arkansas and then we'll get into the render and and we'll do some of that stuff in the afternoon and then of course draw for yeah, raffle it's a prizes. great time it's a lot of fun how many folks like what are you shooting for um we had 850 people last year and you know we'd like we'd like to be in that range or maybe a thousand you know yeah. what you know just transparently we're trying to digest moving from one spot to another and kind of make sure we understand how traffic flows and and all of that kind of stuff all i say that though we're already ahead of a schedule on ticket sales for this year so you could fit a lot of people in a small space yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. there'll be room i mean we're Joking we're gonna world cook off. do everything we can to entertain every single yeah. person who comes that out sounds there. like a hoot it's, as a as a non-hunter like yeah sounds pretty unintended fun. i'll try yeah. to i'll try to promote it a little bit too and get out there i I know there's a lot of people in my circle who want to come see it. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a lot of it's fun. It's good, man. It's good. Thank you guys so much for coming. And uh, thank you. There's no yeah. Donnie Baker part three. So mm. moving on. Donnie Baker. But he might, you Sorry, he might be a black guy. bonanza. It's, it's, it's possible. It'd be great. All right. Hey, one last thing. You go on that audible, get that long hunter. Mm. You know, I'm three listens into it. By the fourth or fifth, I'll know what I'll be an expert. The nice. part that got me was Daniel Boone was forty years old before he ate buffalo. Mm. It was it was an odd deal. Mm-hmm. I thought that guy'd be eating buffalo every night. <laughs> so yeah, great. How old were you when book. you started eating buffalo, Brent? Let's see. Fifty seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, thanks for thanks for listening to that. It's yeah. good. That audio book is really so good. good. I, yeah, I gotta thank everybody for that bought it. A lot of people have bought it. A lot of people have supported supported what we're doing and and uh, that's been awesome. It was yeah, it was number one on Apple audiobooks mm. like nationally, like not in like hunting books, like in that's a big deal. Oh yeah. Po- like all audiobooks. Beat out for, Britney for Spears. A short, for a short time. <laughs> Beat out Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a time oh. when uh I'm just saying that was unexpected in the late nineties when I was dating. There was a chart that Misty screenshotted that had me and Steve Renella's name at number one. Yeah. And Britney Spears' name at like number six. Yeah. I think number nine. I'm just saying. Was that was that like the second stage of, you know, uh Clan Misty's marriage goals is step one was to Whoa. was to yes we got to put this I felt like what Clay oh, said on this forgot. podcast yeah when he was like I thought that when I listened to it I thought wait is Clay saying that the mission of our marriage is why do bad things happen to good people because we got married and that was a bad thing like well, I, that's what it sounded Uh-oh. like you to were me. the good person yeah you were the, you could have been the good person yeah, yeah. And, I was you know. I, I probably was a good person in that story Oops, but I thought that was pretty again. funny. <laughs> He did just, good, Clay. It was just a random question that we had when we got married. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of funny stuff happen at the beginning of our marriage, and we were like, "Man, why do bad things happen to good people?" And it just be, kind of became the the catchphrase for a while. And now he's whooping up on Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds terrible, but you know, actually, poor in, Britney. in the audiobooks.
Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to customers is simple gear the way you design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com slash BEARGREASE to learn more. Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance axis deer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems on the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient-dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now. Become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order.